I think you ought to know. I think you all should know that I'm here on business. This is official police business, and I want to speak to each one of you at some point. Official California business, is it because this is Washington? I'm aware of that. Then fine. No, Mrs. Beach, it is not fine. It is anything but fine when a person is lost, especially a child. Now, why would you go and do a thing like that? Sorry, I'm allergic. They thought they'd made a horror show. Not if they stirred a curse deep down below. Not if what they had built it began to feel. Forever now they must spin the wheel. This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload. Here's your horror-loving host, Daniel. Hello. His horror-hating cousin, Nathan. What's up? Andrew, the intern. Hello. Marissa. Hey. And Caruso. No, but I'll take a look. Tonight we watched... The remake of The Wicker Man. Ugh. Heavy night tonight. Ugh. It's a remake night. It's a remake of a movie that we all loved and had a great time with. And this one's even better. <laughs> 2006 Nicolas Cage remake of The Wicker Man. Whew. Caruso, Marissa, Andrew, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. I am not seeing any happy faces around oh, here. So good. My face is the happiest one here. Mm, I can feel it. Why? Yeah. Were you getting sadistic with this movie? Did you know how much it was going to hurt the rest of us? It's sunshine and rainbows. This is like a strong contender for best horror movie that I've seen so far. <laughs> Canadians have a weird concept of sunshine and rainbows. Oh, this is dry, dry hatred that I'm that I'm feeling wafting off of Andrew right now. <laughs> yeah, the sarcasm does come off sometimes, sometimes not. We'll see how I feel maybe at the end. Okay. <laughs> I think it changes on this being the greatest horror movie I've seen on the podcast so far. Right, now... Yeah, he's throwing down some serious bullshit right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can feel it. Yeah, no, I can see it. I'm, I'm a little bit, <laughs> a little bit worried because he usually doesn't care enough to get this sarcastic. So. No, you could see it. No, he at the end of his little spiel there, he turned to me and flashed his teeth. Yeah, he's he's happy about himself right now. He thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Someone's got to bring happiness to this movie. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's been a depressing few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that the movie made angry. Yes. Um, I'll turn you guys. We'll turn this into a three. <laughs> Ooh, a strong three. I can't afford that much drugs. No. How angry, Caruso, on a scale of one to smack the table and ask for answers, how angry are you? I I was demanding by the end of it. Actually, I was demanding by the first 20 minutes asking Daniel for answers to some shit that apparently we never got answers to. 
you were you were close to smacking the table and turning around and just blanket asking everyone, telling them what's up. I would have been smacking tables if it was my table. No, about thirty minutes in, Caruso asked me seriously how much of this movie is left, and I had to lie and say thirty minutes. You did. You're. Yeah. So, I was sitting. Both of us were sitting here like, did he say thirty minutes? Like, oh my god, he's so full of shit, man. <laughs> now, has Caruso seen the original from nineteen seventy three? I have. Okay. okay. And I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. It was cool. For but this one. Let's get into it. If we, yeah, and Marissa brought this up to me. Um, Marissa, you had trouble staying awake during this movie. Oh, yeah. You've fallen asleep to it before. Yeah. You almost fell asleep to it this time. Yeah. I followed suit with you on that. I, I had two little power naps. <laughs> yep. Yep. We were going to ask you guys because I've also had... I've, I find myself falling asleep every time I watch this movie. This is what I fell asleep to last night. And uh, Nathan... Did you fall asleep to this? No. no. Did you notice me fall asleep to this? I have fallen asleep to Sister Act, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, when, when Nicolas Cage throws it down, it's hard. It's hard for me not to put on the coffee. So I, I was prepared. I, I prepared myself <laughs> to stay awake and to be alert. I think mm. that uh, all of you possibly thought that this was going to be something other than what it was. I knew what this is going to be, so I made a pot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> foresight. Foresight. Planning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. good. There are some great cage moments in this movie, but they are few and far between, and there is a lot, a lot in between. Of sleepy whatnot happening in between. A, it took a long time to get to the first one. Well, yeah. When when you surround Nicolas Cage with a lot of ridiculousness, he becomes more normal. Yeah, and yeah. less fun to watch. Yeah, that well, yeah, that mm -hmm. begets the other. <laughs> one, <laughs> one begets the other. Yeah, and this movie, uh, no one liked this movie. 3.6 on IMDb. I told that's you it was right. a strong three. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, that's right. Never said which rating system. Nope. No one liked this movie. That's harsh. There's there's people. Um, I Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Want to take a guess? Do you think mm. it made it into the 30s? Even I don't. I don't think they even bothered with it. Mm. I'll I'll take a guess. Okay. Seventeen percent. Okay, so not a guess. You were <laughs> staring at it. Seventeen <laughs> percent of that's, critics enjoyed this. That's a lot better than I was expecting. That is almost a fifth. Of a good score, well, yeah. It's, it's not a zero. <laughs> it's not. No. You wrote your name on it. There's proof you're alive, but that's about it. It's not a zero. Forty million to make, made back twenty three million. Gosh, it deserved less. Took a big, big hit. And Nathan, did you take a look into the director of this movie? I did not. Neil Labute or Labute. I will do it right now. The only reason I bring it up is because, you know, I was completely ready and am still ready to have fun taking a big dump all over this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And was ready to just push the director aside as someone that I never cared about before or after this point. 
But oh, Nurse Nurse Betty, right? Is nurse that where we're going? Libet. Betty. He directed Nurse Betty. And Nurse Betty is tip top. Nurse Betty is great. Not just a good movie, but like great movie. Has he done much else? And and, and Lakeview Terrace? Oh, exceptional. Oh, uh, that one. Yeah, that was you know what, though? It was early on in his career. So, I mean, if we take a closer look at Nurse Betty, we will find that he didn't write it or anything. He just was hired to direct a movie that a bunch of other people helped create very well. I think we oftentimes assign too much responsibility and accountability and also shower too much affection on directors. There's a lot of people involved in making a movie, and I don't think Nurse Betty's success had anything to do with him. I think we should grade him solely on this wicker man. I'm fine with that. Has everyone here seen Nurse Betty? No. Long time ago. Oh, that that scene where he, where where Morgan Freeman and Chris Rock scalp Aaron Eckhart. Oh, fantastic. Aaron Eckhart in The Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Briefly. <clears throat> Briefly. Like, like seconds. Yeah. yeah. But nevertheless, Anning he's of in the there. Screen. Get Harvey Dent with a porno stash. I'm about it. Yeah. <laughs> Built in for that spot just because of his association to Neil LeBute from Nurse Betty, I would imagine. Oh, I would yeah. I was going to say, they're probably just friends or something. Yeah, that's definitely connected one way or another. And so there's some major differences and some minor differences between this movie and the original <laughs> Wicker Man. I'm sure that's what we'll be, what we'll be harping on. Sex? Yes. Where is the sexual tension? Well, can can we just take a minute and talk about the awards that the Wicker Man was nominated for? Wait. Okay. Oh, what? Yeah. Which not, one? Not this what? one. What? Not this oh. one. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, oh, no, this no. one. No, the Wicker Man 2006 was nominated. Yes. What? It was yeah. nominated for for um, uh, worst screenplay at the Razzies. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. 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 Worst remake or ripoff at the Razzies. Yes. Uh, nice. Worst worst screen couple. Worst uh, yes. Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage and his bear suit. Yeah. Uh, worst actor, Nicolas Cage. And, uh, you know, worst worst act, worst picture. That is a strong worst category. Cool. Yeah, got nominated for worst movie of the year at Golden Schmoes Award as well. It did win best cinematography and theatrical feature for the Canadian Society of Cine- Cinematographers Award. So that's you can take us seriously from this point forward. Yeah, that's really great. <laughs> Thanks, Canadian Society of Cinematographers Awards. So you say that it was nominated for all this stuff. What did it lose to? Yeah, it didn't win Worst Picture or Worst Actor. Yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, the Wayans Brothers took this, I believe. Wow. Uh, no, no, this was the year oh, that Basic, Basic Instinct, Instinct Two. Two, Basic Instinct Two, took it down and. Oh, Marlon Wayans won Worst Actor for Little Man that year. Oh, oh Little Man. Oh, that makes sense. Basic Instinct 2 took all the awards. Oh, on worst, worst Supporting Actor went to M. Night Shyamalan for Lady in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. I, I do just want to start by saying that I legitimately love and has I have always loved Nick Cage. Not for any, like, ironic reason. I've just... I feel like there are a lot of movies, maybe not a lot, but a, a number of movies that are classics because of him, and they wouldn't have been so, without. No, I think he's talking like a celebration of the negative scale. Well, I'm no, I mean he's in really good movies. 
Adaptation, Matchstick Men. Adaptation, Matchstick Men. Raising Arizona. Family Man. Bad Lieutenant. Well, Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans is just him drugged out. But Face Off, Moonstruck, Bringing Out the Dead. dead. Like, he's in some really good movies. And I I mean, Drive Angry is just a kitschy-ass action movie, but it's entertaining. And even though they're probably incorrect, National Treasure is fun. I mean, he did a kid's movie, a Disney movie, so... I love that clip from Raising Arizona with uh, Holly Hunter and him in the car. And she just loses her shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love him so much. But yeah, I, I I love Nick Cage. I think he's great. But the problem I have with this movie is it's movies like this that he's done where he just seems like he half-asses it and doesn't care that make him a joke. And that's why I hate movies like this because I feel like he's just tarnishing his own career. Yeah, well, the, the movie around him isn't really helping much. No, it's no, not. But no. he saw the script and was like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, he also did Bangkok Dangerous. so Yeah, but that... Hey, hey don't you talk bad about Bangkok Dangerous. No, it's fun. I think it's great. But that doesn't mean it's, you know, a piece of cinema history. But when you're choosing a movie famous for being great, you must be nervous when it's up to you to make the remake, right? Yeah, for sure. And so they did some things here that I think under a different director would have actually worked. I think the idea of turning it into like a female bee colony sort of thing, even though it's something you can use against this movie because it's so bad. I yeah. think if it was a better movie, it would actually play to the positive. I've, yeah, I feel like it could have. But yeah, like you said, it didn't have that kind of direction. No, because there were some parts where you saw them stumble into that realm, and then they quickly backed off for some PG thirteen horse shit. Yeah, like when they have her all decked out, and she's like the queen bee, and she's fucking ready. They should have had like it should have been like Caligula in there. You know what I mean? Like it should have been like bring in the drones, and there's just like harem shit, tongueless dudes just fucking all over the place, Uh. and like weird powerful women just death by schnoo schnoo. Wow. Well, I want to speak to the whole remake thing, though, because this is offending fans of the original. True. Oh, yeah. I agree. This is the largest span of time between a remake that I think exists. Like I've done a little bit of research on it. I, I don't know for sure, but it's like 37 years. Yeah. It's huge amount of time. So there are a lot of people out there that never got to experience it and don't automatically register this as a remake. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, for, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm constantly comparing, constantly evaluating and, and, and referring. So I don't, I, I'm curious what this is, what this experience is like for someone who doesn't know anything about the original. We were talking about choosing scripts. Nicolas Cage is a producer on this movie. Well, he didn't he, put any money into it. He screwed the pooch from every angle on this one. He believed in it. He doesn't, he doesn't have any money. He wanted to believe in it. <laughs> Top listed producer on this. He didn't put any money into it. Yeah, that was bad. He, he waived his salary. That's as that's most as I'm be- willing to believe. Hmm. I don't know. I it was just it's bad for his filmography. It really is. Oh, yeah. Unless unless this is what bankrupted him. <laughs> I believe it. Maybe. Yeah. I could see that. Kind of wishing he's anything. he's stuck with that Coppola money. Right. So other than the fact that it's an all-female cult now. Before, it was just a cult. Yeah. Led by a male Lord Summer Isle. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. And in here, it's all-female cult with some, like, 
the dudes hang around. They're sort of they're mute and they just do like the the hard labor and bullshit. There's some talk they're, about them being breeders. Yeah, they're the the organ that keeps the society going. Right, and instead of a Lord Summer Isle, we have a Sister Summers Isle, mm-hmm. Ellen Burstyn, who I feel in a better remake of this movie would have been a badass choice if you were gonna if you're gonna swap the roles. We've learned from Requiem for a Dream and The Exorcist that Ellen Burstyn is willing to go dark. Yeah. yeah. She's willing to go there. So this movie could have been fucking dark. But there's scenes in this movie where, like, when her face is all painted up towards the end, where it literally looks like she's rolling her eyes and doesn't want to be there. (laughs) It was bad. Like, it was noticeable that even the actors were uncomfortable. That would have been interesting to take this in a different direction instead of just adding in some bees and basically recreating the same goddamn story. If they had gone darker with it and made it a different type of thing. Like the the movie poster suggests that this is getting darker. Yeah. So yeah. there's lies. There's lies. Lies. <laughs> you are liars. You are despicable little liars. And you are the biggest liar of all. Now, I I'm feeling like there's if there's ever been a potential zero this one might be it. So, yeah. uh, Marissa, I'll start with you. What do you? Th- what, how are you feeling at the beginning here? A zero. A zero. I knew it. You don't want to watch it again. You wish you had never watched it. Yeah, basically. Do you even want to go back and watch the original because of this one? Um, I probably wouldn't if I didn't know already that the original was great. You See, know? yeah, that's what I that's what I wanted to point out was that this one I think is bad enough that if you didn't know anything about the original, you wouldn't even want to go back and watch it. Yeah. Russo. I mean, zero. Zero. I mean, you her and I fell asleep the first time we watched it when we told you we were going to for the sake of the podcast, but you saw me legitimately getting angry throughout the course of this movie. You were unsettled. This movie borderline insults your intelligence if you know what to I guess expect from the Wicker Man but just as a movie it was just trying to be I feel like an art house film or like real artsy and the director was so proud of himself and it was just such shit (laughs) Andrew I think everyone just needs to lower their expectations a little bit (laughs) just a little bit you could have fun with this this could be a fun Minus two. Ugh, no no. Way. Or it could be a zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to persuade, persuade you guys throughout this. I will. At the beginning here, maybe we'll stick with a minus two. A minus two from Andrew, right, Nathan? All uh, right. Ah, uh, I I want to reserve a zero for a really really painful viewing experience and I didn't find this to be painful I I spent a lot of time referring it to the original in my mind and almost like a, a little a little little project little project to compare the two so I yeah no this is more like a minus one I think it's it's not something that I would ask someone to watch but it's also not uh, so terrible that I would I would lean zero. I think I'm 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 a firm minus one here. Yeah, and Nathan, I'm going to come and scoot in right next to you. I'm a firm negative one as well. Like 
by myself watching this was like somewhat amusing. Watching it with you guys, the room was very quiet. I realized I was the only one laughing, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Parts were funny, but not. Th- I thought about it, and I wanted to give it a negative one because of all the classic cageisms that are in this movie. Yeah. But the thing is, it wouldn't make it a solid negative one. I would have to round up. I would be giving it decimal point whatever. It just couldn't be a solid negative one for me. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. It just made me... It pissed me off watching it, and I can't give any credit to that. Yeah, no. Well, the argument seems to be if from zero to negative one, and then we have Andrew here as the uh, outlier. Negative two. Yeah, he's usually way off, though. <laughs> Unpredictable. Gonna bring some excitement here. I think someone needs to be happy about this movie. Oh, I, I thought well, you said sorry. it was a three earlier. You're all over it's the a place. a strong three on the IMDb scale. You're all over the place. <laughs> 3.6. It did the extra credit, too. <laughs> Why don't we just add a four onto the scale? Jesus Christ. Quit, quit, quit changing the rules. <laughs> okay. Speaking of boring... This movie takes its sweet time to actually get to the island. Very much so. There's excitement. There's, like, an accident. There's fire. Nicolas Cage gets flown back from an explosion. That's exciting. He's, He's looking good on the bike. But just before that, possibly the only really good thing about this movie... Don't get me wrong, I think there are multiple Nick Cage references to his own movies, but I think the shot of him leaning over the motorcycle to grab the dolly out of the middle of the road was a reference to him leaning out of the car and grabbing the diapers out of the middle of the road in Raising Arizona, and that's awesome. Didn't pick up on that. That's a lot of credit to give. Yeah. That's- <laughs> I am trying, guys. Would please. You, would you put it past Cage to put references of his own movies? He's producing this thing. something he produced. He knows what he's doing. That's probably like 37 years ago, too, right? Raising Arizona. Kind of lines up. That'd be, that'd be weird. <laughs> um, yeah, well, probably. I'd say around 30, if not you guys, mid-20. You guys think this movie struggled for funding? It was a Millennium Films, Saturn Films... Emmett Furla Films, Equity Pictures, and New Image Entertainment Production. Wow. <laughs> wow. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five different companies involved in, in funding this movie. That's three, maybe four too many. Who lost their money? Yep. Lost whatever Nicolas Cage had in his bank account. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I think he looks good on the uh, on on the bike. It is the most confusing intro possibly ever. When the Wicker Man title comes up, you're kind of like, what? What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is him being a cop. He pulls a car over. He gets in this weird conversation with this very mature, bitchy, like seven-year-old girl. Yeah, and then yeah, they can't, die. Can't even handle a classic doll littering, eighteen-wheel, fiery crash, trapped kid in a car scenario. What a loser! Yeah, he is. Uh, he he needs to be demoted. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Like, if he had just never pulled them over, then they would have survived. And I guess that's the reason that now he's, like, super sad sack cage, just hanging out in his apartment, having awkward visits from his lesbian co-worker. <laughs> sad sack the, the only cage. connection this has to the rest of the movie is that it it's affecting him mentally with his disillusionment or his, his uh, constant um, hallucination nonsense. He's right? got a stronger attachment to children because he let one die. 
okay, but this is just to create the hallucination <laughs> thing. Right. This doesn't have that much of an impact on this movie. This is just to use as a tool fodder. His yeah. mental strain. Yeah, to create drama where drama does not exist throughout the movie. Yeah, I feel like that, and they just try to get you to feel bad for him, but he's such a piece of shit that you don't care. And by the end of the movie, you don't care what happens to him. Uh, but uh, By 20 minutes, 15 minutes in, you don't give a shit what happens to him. And it's... Uh, it's just bad writing for his character. You need to establish something that connects you with the character to where you give a shit about what happens or his daughter or anything, but you just don't. Right. Speaking of bad writing, Summer's Isle needs a space in between it. Am I fucking right? You're so right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So true. It does. And there's and in the original, it's Summer Isle. So yeah. I don't know where the extra S came from. This is Summer Silly. Summer Silly. Summer Silly. Right, and Andrew, the original movie, it just begins with him just arriving at the island, right? Yeah. Yeah, he just, uh, he shows up. It's um, it's him showing up on the little, like, uh, plane that can land in the water. Oh, well, yeah, he talks oh, to that old man who does his deliveries to the island. Yeah, but in, in the original, he like, the opening credits is the plane flying in, and then he just, like, lands on this island no and, problem and he starts talking to some crazy dock worker dudes and whips out his little letter that he got that says that there's some missing girl and he's here to investigate it yeah. so in like 90 seconds they've managed to do what this movie takes like 15 fucking minutes to do yeah mm. yeah and it's it's a painful it's a painful time i think I'm, it just lends to the fact that he wanted to make this kind of an artsy film and it just doesn't work at all. It's like, let's get into his background. Like, what is it? He's a mis- let's let's really delve in deep. He's a sad because that's what it is. That's the main difference here is that he's more suicidal, doesn't give a fuck anymore, and that's why he's a dick. And in the yeah. original, it was because he was really religious. Yeah, and yeah. he found everything about this cult offensive. Yeah, and he was a dick, and you felt for him, even though like it wasn't fair because you you may or may not be as religious as, as he is. You, he was still a character you could relate to. Yeah, mm-hmm. they tried to replace that uh, level of connection with the original. The original had him and his religious beliefs and how he was offended. So they tried to up the stakes by by making this child have a greater connection to him, right? Personally, instead of the religious aspect. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yes. I don't know. I think the whole opening is important because of the uh, because of the partner. His his mustache partner, love that guy. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah. He show he shows him the letter, and he's like, he's like, what a fucking bitch. Yeah, uh-huh. like, call the father, fucking Jesus. You have classic work buddy misogynist. He's like, yeah. hey, come on, this this cunt. She uh she went and got <laughs> pregnant behind your back, and you're gonna go visit her. Have you thought this through? Yeah. Uh, did anyone else pick up right away that uh, she was going to be his kid, like right here oh, at this point? Definitely. That's yeah. Yeah, the fact that it was a mystery for so long didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to be half-assing it. Even Nicholas Cage's character doesn't really care all that much. Some sort of farming commune or whatever. Or whatever. I don't know. She's out there. She's hanging out with a bunch of weird ladies. I'm depressed. I'm taking meds. I'm lonely. This old girlfriend is talking about a missing girl. Maybe I should go out and help. 
nope. kids. I'm a, I'm attached nope. to the kids' cage. Nope. Should have listened to his. Uh, Should have listened to his partner. Yeah, should have just got her to call the dad. What a bitch. Mm-hmm. That fucking bitch. Yeah, and so is that okay so, then? Can I just say that all this, um, this Nicolas Cage taking medication thing. Yes. Yeah. This cascades across his entire filmography. That's <laughs> sick man, he's taking drugs because he's, you know, OCD, crazy OCD. And, uh, you know, other movies like adaptation, he's he's very crazy. And um, what leaving Las Vegas, he's he's just like pouring alcohol down his throat with a funnel. He needs um, an addiction to act. He is constantly, even that movie, knowing he's he's you know just sucking back on bottles. He's always taking something. Yeah, that's his go-to. That's his crutch. I actually thought uh, another one of his good movies, Wild at Heart. Okay, no, that's. Uh, I haven't seen that movie. I've seen clips from it, and I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I, you should watch it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It, him laying down on the street with that angel floating above him in that dress? Yeah. I'm out. David <laughs> David Lynch, man. David Lynch. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> That's going to get a zero from me just from that clip. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, right. I just, I just want to suggest that I think maybe Cage is, taking, is is on these pills in real life. Like, maybe it's just like... Oh, just yeah. part of his daily routine. He's like, I gotta take these pills now. Yeah. They just uh, worked it into the movie. Yeah, and this will be the first of many things that seem mysterious and interesting about what's happening that will never be touched upon again. But once once yeah, once the plane part happens where he's going to the island in the plane, I felt this weird nostalgia, like a comfort. Like, oh okay, this this makes me remember the original, this makes me feel okay about this movie. Yeah. Did the guy in the original sell out for like 150 bucks? He's private. He's off limits. And we respect that. We're all private people around here. Yeah, but you're so warm and open, it really makes up for it. All right, I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay, look, how about you take all of us there? What do you mean, all? Well, me, Mr. Grant here, and his twin brother, Ulysses. So easily bought. <laughs> That's it. That was that was worth breaking his whole deal. He is the only guy running supplies out to this island, and he's willing to sacrifice it for a bill and a half. His integrity, it just okay. cost a bill, and you're good to go. Integrity's cheap. Oh, yeah. Well, he got his eyes wide shut, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> sure did. <Right. laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, and trope number one, Summer's Isle has no cell phone reception. Mm. Yep, ding, yep. ding, ding. That's a good one. Isolated. That's a classic. That's an 06 classic. That's an aughts horror movie classic is the walking around with your cell phone in front of you looking for reception. <laughs> I have no bars. <laughs> I need bars. Yeah. And this time, instead of a bunch of male creepy dock workers that don't recognize a picture of a young girl, we have a bunch of creepy female sisters, quote unquote, hanging out, laughing creepily and uh, not understanding what is in the picture being shown to them. <laughs> that sounds much better than watching it. <laughs> and that's that's number there's our second thing that never gets explained. There is this actual bloody thing in a burlap sack being held onto by these mute dock workers. I wanna I wanna talk about Violet. Who's specifically. Who's Violet? Uh she's the woman on the left 
that oh. didn't even okay. look at the goddamn picture. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't even fucking look at it. She <laughs> look. No, and, and he calls her out for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awful. Oh, Violet, you bitch. Oh. I, if I, I got, don't look, it's not there. I got pissed off. <laughs> I was like, she didn't even look at it. Yeah, call her out. That's garbage. <laughs> yeah, it would help if you uh, looked at the picture, Violet. Yeah. yeah. Sister Violet. <laughs> right, sorry. No, Caruso's right. Sorry, Sister Violet. <laughs> Cage is such an ass about that, too. Yeah. And what does Cage think is in that bag? Um, Chickens? I don't, I don't know. He's see- a lobster. <laughs> I, I a love- shark. What's in the bag? A shark, a shark or something? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> He's caught, his eyes are darting to it, and it's getting more intense and 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 more concerned about the bag as throughout the scene. This is actually a pretty good scene. I think this scene is definitely worthy of the firm minus one. That right? We spoke it leans towards a minus two. Even it oh. gets awkward. Everyone just stares at him, and he's like, "Yeah, right, a shark, right? Right, right guys? <laughs> Please tell me it's a shark. <laughs> it's not a dead body. It must be a shark." Off the coast of Washington. Yeah, but we never find out. We never find out what's in the bag. Nope. Nope. I thought it was classic chickens. Classic. The, the, I thought it was a pig. It looks like a girl with her legs bent out, and maybe because it's bleeding, she's on her period. Wow. <laughs> uh, you uh, have just been issued the first ever 100 Lunatics podcast 10 minute intermission. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Penalty <laughs> box. Get in the corner and sit there oh. for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's disgusting and offensive. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our listeners for having to listen to that. That's terrible. <laughs> that does not in any way reflect the opinions and views of Canada. <laughs> now, Nathan, you spoke of nostalgia once we get to the island. And once he's done talking to these people, he heads on over to like the lodge, the pub, or the tavern, or whatever it is. You and mean the she-male barkeep? Yeah, and we were we were looking for some of this, right? Willow? Father, this is Sergeant Howie. Right, that's what we wanted. Instead, we got... i just like a room and a meal. Can you swing it? Swing what? Is that some kind of city talk? <laughs> you know what, though? I think that this is where the disappointment starts to happen. If you're an avid fan of the original, it poisons your ability to embrace or appreciate this movie because it is not obviously making the same choices or doing it as well. It's it's failing to uh, either re-envision this in a different direction. It's 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 trying to just remake it straight up and, and failing to create the same sense of community and and village. Like like this is Yes. Yeah. The the connection in the first movie, uh, everyone seems connected and they're all like, hey, this is our community. We're all on this together. Mm-hmm. Yay, we're all on the same team. And this community, everyone is very disjointed. He's talking to these ladies in the bar and uh, nobody seems to want to do anything. They don't they don't capture the cult mm-hmm. feeling that the the original was so great because it captured this weird feeling and community and everybody almost was like Stepford wives almost it was yeah. it had it, yeah it, it captured this this unison of of this community and this movie does not do that no it's just like this weird group of people that all just do certain things for a, I guess some sort of greater good mm-hmm. there's like get the fuck out of here yeah yeah for sure 
well, everything was connected too. Like all the decisions in the original, and I may be jumping ahead a bit, but like everything was connected. The town was connected. The cemetery was connected to the town. Everything was connected to it to everything. And this one, he's he's running around in fields uh, <laughs> between lodges in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like it, nothing is nothing is connected physically. So that's their first mistake. That's right. Yeah, I think it was already mentioned. A disjointed uh, seems to be the theme so far. And what do we think about some of the changes here? But because before it was Edward Woodward was the detective. This time it's Edward Malis. And then Willow, who was the barkeep's daughter before, is now the woman who is Cage's ex-wife or Mm ex-fiance. And she is Willow Woodward. She's Willow Woodward. So they've shifted last names. They've made a character that didn't exist before. And they gave that character a different character's name that they took away. I just want the landlord's daughter back. No shit. Yeah. I just want to stand at attention. All that stuff added to that unison that I was talking about. The the, the songs, the merriment, the the pagan festival. Like, it all added to that unison cult experience. Mm -hmm. It's it's vacant. It's gone. Here's something that, that I just now realized is not in this movie that there was a lot of in the last movie, which is singing and music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That added to the big cult factor of the original was that every time he walked out somewhere, people were like fucking in the dark or <laughs> they were having weird like sexual conversations with children or people were singing like elaborate songs and rapping maypoles. And, and in this, it's, it's just Nick Cage running around all over the place. The one thing, the biggest thing that's missing is the naked tombstone crying. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, yeah, no. It, it all speaks to the same point that there's this you know need for this environment to be affecting him but it's not it's his search that's affecting him and it's way too introspective and the hallucination shit is supposed to fill holes and gaps it doesn't it's weak yeah it's not a zero but it's weak and the hallucination shit does it's not just that it's weak it's that it's hokey i also want to say that while we were watching this movie um a lot of his like searching and 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 things where he's running around searching for things i'm like oh good well we can skip over this in the walkthrough this will speed everything up. <laughs> yeah. But really, all it does is confuse everything. I even mentioned it before we started, which was like, I have a hard time keeping track of this movie. Because there's a lot of just crisscrossing all over the place. He's going into crypts and tombs. He's diving off the dock into the water. Having dreams of shit that already happened three times in the movie already. Yes. Yeah. Very bizarre. And kind of dive off the dock was that, Nathan? You had, uh... Uh, no, that's later. That's oh. later. That's later. First, we have one of a few little homages to the original that this movie tries to pull off, which is Nick Cage's visit to the schoolhouse. Yeah. Right? Where he's got to prove that he's a policeman. I'm a policeman. See my badge? See my badge? <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't talk about what the best ingredient of mead was. What was uh, the best ingredient of mead? Uh, what not? What not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it really makes the meaty flavor come out? It it adds to the meatiness. Yeah. <laughs> what not? The what does? Yeah. With okay. those gross mugs where you can see inside someone's mouth while they're drinking. Porno <laughs> mugs. Yeah. And then and then his everything is okay tapes go missing. So that means uh, every everything's okay. Everything's not gonna be okay. No. Exactly. You know what the funniest part of that was? I set Andrew up to say everything is not okay. He said yeah. everything is okay, and Marissa, you came through. <laughs> I'm just clutch as fuck like that. <laughs> you fuck are. 
<laughs> I think you ought to know. I think you ought to know. <laughs> I think you all should know that I'm here. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh every time. That's awesome. It's my favorite part of the movie. Um, because you can see his actor face just go into I don't give a fuck mode. Yeah. And he's like, let's just get through these lines. <laughs> like, I've already blown so much money. They probably shot that scene towards the end of production. So he's like, I'm so over budget and bankrupt right now. Mm-hmm. Now, what did they spend the $40 million on? Good question. Yeah. Um, burning the Wicker Man. I think, I think Nicholas Cage <laughs> used half of this to pay off debts. I think he was using it to have some real pills. That might have been right. Now, Andrew, usually we play just the penis part of the original clip for this movie, but here's the actual part from the original Wicker Man. It is the image of the penis. It is the image of the penis. They're talking about symbology to this class of little girls. And in this movie, we get this. Will you tell us what man represents in his purest form? Yes. Phallic symbol, phallic symbol. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awful uh, yeah. phallic symbol phallic symbol <laughs> that's a very uncomfortable nick cage embarrassing why are they why are they chanting creepily who is this who what the fuck if you'll notice every set of twins in this movie chants together creepily oh, yeah, yeah. What are they doing? This seems like a guy that doesn't know anything about anything directing people to do shitty things. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a great description. Oh, isn't it? It's turning into a minus one It's here. like, if, if, <laughs> well, it feels, it feels like Mr. Neil LeBute was like, hey, that was creepy in The Shining. Let's, let's do that. Yeah, let's have all the twins be creepy. Every yeah, single one of them. Yeah, let's have all the twins be creepy. Well, uh, I don't know. It's, it feels a little bit uncomfortable if we get too much into the penis, that, like the original did. Uh, we should maybe make these decisions based on censorship. Is that what they're doing, Daniel? Are they trying to pull back on how abrasive the original was with the penis? Yes. Actually, Nathan, yeah, yeah. weirdly, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the reason that there is an alternate version of this movie is because they were going to make it R, and then they thought, eh, let's make go PG-13. Mm. That's and quite they, the drop. Classic example of that, that just was... being the worst. Idea. And they yeah. cut it down as much as possible to make it fit PG-13. Why is the word penis such a big deal? I don't know. I don't. I don't know why they changed. Uh, what What was in the original? The thing that they found in the girl's desk. It was remember. a beetle that they had tied to it, so it would walk in a circle. Mm. It was a beetle they had tied to a nail, and it slowly walked in a circle until it strangled itself to death. Damn. Wow. And that was a really fucked up moment because of how religious uh, Officer Woodward is because he uh, freaks out at that. That's way more yeah, effective I mean, compared to the crow. Anyone would freak out at that. Yeah. That's just yeah. weird. Instead, That's the crow so flies weird. out, and it's like, you get it. They're <laughs> keeping the bird in the desk, but it doesn't hold the same, like... Punch. Now, but, why in the hell would you let them do a sick thing like that? Yeah. And the other thing is, like, with the beetle, it's just the idea of it is more sadistic than just putting a crow in a desk. Like, we don't know how long it's been in yeah. there, so we can't really feel bad for it. They had to know the beetle's behavior enough to torture it. And it's mm-hmm. going to kill itself. Yes. Yeah. It's just a reference to Edgar Allan Poe, which you gotta have in a horror movie, right? Gotta. 
Gotta have that Poe ref. It's almost like it's a chalk. <laughs> Sick Poe refs, bro. But here's here's the true test, because this is just a reenactment of the scene from the original movie, so he eventually uh, forces his way into seeing the records of the class. He finds out that Rowan, the missing girl, is in fact a girl in this class, points out that the desk is empty, and how, you know, fuck them for being liars, right? So we have uh, this. You're liars. You are despicable little liars. And you are the biggest liar of all. And this. You little liars. And you're the biggest liar of them all. I am warning you. You tell me another and I'll arrest you myself. That is a promise. Stale. And whiny. This is where I fell asleep the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not too long after this is when we knocked out, too. There is no push to it. You know you can get something crazy out of Cage. As a director, wouldn't you be like, let's do it again? If I'm not going to get, like, you being legitimately intense, I at least need some of that overacting that you're doing the rest of the goddamn time. Yeah. Instead, he just doesn't give it anything. He's like, you're a liar. You're biggest liar of all. I'm going to arrest you. Promise. Promise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, come on. That's all you got. Horseshit. Especially he was taking this too seriously. He needed to be crazy Nick Cage for this to have any sort of like campy after failure value. Yeah, we've already discussed how this could have been an, a, like a positive two if they had actually taken the dark route with it. Oh, yeah. But this had the potential to be a negative two with Cage just caging it up all over the Cage place. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been great, too. Oh, yeah. Despite yeah. all my rage, I'm still just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I came up with it with a new term to coin on 100 Lunatics. PFV. Post-failure post value. <laughs> post-failure value? Yeah, he wasn't keeping the PFV in mind. He needed to camp it up in order to keep the PFV strong. Oof. Wow. Hashtag PFV. 100 lunatics. All right, you better believe that's happening. Oh, man. We are getting mathematical. Yeah. <laughs> I can already see that in brackets in a larger algorithm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's bust out the whiteboard. Let's get... <laughs> hold on. running my car real quick. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's where the movie gets confusing. Here's where the actual running around all over the place happens. Cage goes out and explores the island. He runs into Willow again and again. And her fucking stupid Willow face yep (laughs) she's got a little squinty going on like she's in pain maybe like she's in pain she's got a whole lot of shitty acting going she has that sad like i'm not in control of anything look to her that her daughter's missing man to where if she had an abusive husband you would understand why he was abusive yeah i mean no but i know what you mean (laughs) yeah Russo, yeah, you just took away all the hate I get from everyone. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, she deserves it. She, I mean, she's she's two black eyes away from a good lesson. Wow. Damn. And I'm bad. <laughs> you can come out of the corner now, Andrew. Yeah, there we go. Daniel, that was a very zero thing to say. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, she was one of the... I, I put her up there with as bad as Sister Beach. Yeah, she's like, she's oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll I'll jump in and say she's the one girl that didn't get punched in the face by Nicolas Cage that maybe should have. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Oh, yeah, man. A lot of women in the face in this movie. Yep. She, he, he popped, like, what, three women? 
Oh, it's fantastic. It's like three, three or four women, one <laughs> while wearing a bear suit. It's the best part of this movie. Yeah, the climax is actually, yeah, it is the best part. If you can make it there. But here's here's where the movie spends like 40 minutes trying to be scary and thrilling and mysterious and really just turns into a big, blurry, forgettable mess. Oh, yep. yeah. It's a good time for a cat nap. This is where we, he thinks we follow Cage as he thinks the girl was drowned. Then he thinks the girl was burned to death. Then he thinks the girl was buried. Then he finds out she wasn't buried. All this we get to watch with intermingling moments of meeting with Willow and having soap opera moments where he forgives her for just ignoring him for six years and refusing to let him know that he had a child alive in the world somewhere. And when he investigated the drowning possibility, we got to see the less commonly known uh, cartwheel dive. The cartwheel In- dive. Yeah. We'll dive into the water. It was yeah. a very nice moment. He had good form. Nice he form. Did. Yeah. He did. Uh, he caught the angle perfect. Even though he was going the opposite way, he came down straight under the dock. That's right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was impressive, honestly. That's yeah. not even joking. I thought that was <clears throat> first time we watched it, just in the back of my mind, I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, looks Cage, like maybe, Cage can dive. Looks like maybe yeah. he's done that a couple times and yeah. not just practicing for that shot. Like he he speedos up on the weekends or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, your mind wanders in a movie like this, right? I oh mean, yeah. You start to appreciate things like that. Like oh, that was not, that was yeah. Yeah, very you know. straight. Very was, kept stayed very straight. It's a great minus two dive. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the cameramen turning to each other and like nodding with raised eyebrows. Like no. <laughs> All right. All right. That right, went Cage. that went better than expected. Mm-hmm. You got we, that take, right? We don't we don't need to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the the big beehive scene where he gets stung and tumbles down the hill? Wait, we for, we, yeah, we yeah, we can jump right there. Even though that's really far away, we I have no problem jumping right there. <laughs> um first though, I want to mention a, an important horror movie trope which doesn't get used that often, but the Wicker Man remake had the balls to use, which is the double nightmare wake up. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, classic. Which happens on the dock, like he has right. that whole nightmare of going underneath the water and finding her body, and then he thinks that he woke up, and then he looks down, and there's a dead girl in his arms, and then he wakes up again. Is there one of those in the original? I don't think so. There's none of this like thinking she was drowned or any of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just that she's missing and that they probably killed her, and then he digs up a body that's not there. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, these are not actual sleeping episodes these are hallucinations right oh yeah he's 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 in awakened state and he's having hallucinations yeah but i do feel his pain when he wakes up from that second nightmare god damn it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, at least he's real about it you know it's the first line where he did something and you were like, oh, there we go. We might get something out of, out of Nick Cage in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have to do some running around first before we can get to the real Nick Cage moment, which is this. How yeah. to get burned? How to get burned? I, How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know! Tell me! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you guys feel like you got burned watching this movie? Oh, yeah. I'm third degree over here. <laughs> like minus third degree? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has minus second degree burns. Strictly minus first degree burns. Understandable. <laughs> Firm minus one degree burns. Yeah, and because what do we have? We have him. 
tumbling. There's tum- he wait, he gets stuck in this like sewer grate overnight. Then he gets pulled out. That's where he has this episode. He freaks out and he tries to steal a bike from that bitch that teaches the class. Step away from the bike. And then <laughs> Then he runs through the bee field and this is a very important thing. Like just well, listening they, to people that have the photographer thing. They like plug that they just drop the photographer thing in there in the middle of all these hallucinations and nonsense that's going on with him. Oh, it's like right. cage nonsense, Nick Cage nonsense. Plug in the mother from Six Feet Under and the photography uh, thing. It's yeah. like these, these elements of the original, they just kind of like plop them in yeah. the middle of all this nonsense. And the biggest problem with all of this is that every scene that you watch in this movie seal, seals, feels like it's rushed. Yeah, yeah it is. a little bit. Really rushed. And in the original, they really take their time with these scenes and it, it builds like there's emotional impact that happens building up with what's going on and you're like this is fucking weird but everything in this movie is just really quick and they wash right over it when something happens in this movie <laughs> yeah in the original they it's like brush over it it's a really intense part when he discovers that the picture is missing from the bar he like sees it immediately as like the most suspicious thing possible yeah then he goes to the photographer and asks to see the negatives. There's a bunch of shady shit that goes down there about why it's not possible for him to see them. He has to break in later just to get access to them. And here you even forget that it even happened. Yeah, in here uh, they walked by uh, bottles of uh, babies, babies, bottled babies. Yeah. Bottled fetuses? In the original one, <laughs> they walked through uh, bottles of foreskins. That's right. Another censorship thing. Why are... Why are fetuses in jars more acceptable than foreskin? I guess this one doesn't really have anything about sex in it. Yeah, I'll just so I'll just throw it back to the whole um, culture and environment, the the, the cultiness of, of the first one. It's it keeps you very focused in the original on the investigation, and you're with him. You're you're going with him on this journey. You're like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? You're you're kind of siding with him throughout the first half of, of the original thinking, Jesus, who are these people and what the fuck is going on? And that does not happen in this one. No. <laughs> I'm just sitting around waiting for everybody to die somehow in this one. Yeah. <laughs> he had an opportunity to stay true to the original and darken it a bit and really amp up that cultiness and take it to another level. And they didn't even touch it. They didn't even go near it. And maybe that's why it's so disappointing. Maybe that's why... Caruso and Marissa are like zero. Yeah, because it's yeah. so tame. Yeah. Yeah. And so drawn out. They brush over everything important real quick and then just sitting around waiting and figuring shit out the rest of the movie. That's why it's so boring. Yeah, which is weird because when you think from that era to this era, if anything, it should be like roll Way your eyes crazier. gratuitous. Like yeah. it should be like over the top ridiculous. And it's not even that. Yeah. No. It just settled for neutered. Neutered. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know. Tell me. That double one is so so great. <laughs> how to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> Some of the clips just become this running joke. Like I think the the saw one with the oh for fuck's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> laugh every time I hear it. Oh for fuck's sake! I give up. <laughs> I give up. 
Damn. Mihalo, Shaitan, Ben, Ben, El Shaitan. There we go, we're slowly getting it. Yeah, we're getting there. What is it? Mihalo, El, no, Mihalo, Shaitan, Ben, El Shaitan. What happens before El Shaitan? Ben. ben. Mihalo, Shaitan, Ben, El, El Shaitan. Yeah. Mihalo, Shaitan, Ben. El Shaitan. <laughs> El Shaitan. He sounds like a surfer. Yeah. All right. Here's what I want to mention about the Wicker Man remake, which is something that they use as a, here's a term we like, Nathan, fulcrum for the movie, which is Cage being allergic to bees. Yeah. What What is the need for this bees thing? I don't understand. But well, turns the movie into the bees knees. No, son of a bitch. <laughs> the whole the whole crops issue because that, that was a big thing in, in the original was the crops didn't come in the previous year, mm-hmm. so they needed to do a sacrifice to bring to, to the gods to bring the you know crops back around. And in this one, it seems like that's not really the case. It seems like they're just you know there's going, a problem with honey sending the young ones into the city to bring people out so they can burn them. And really, there's no real... I don't see any crops. I, all I see is a bunch of beehives. That's what it is. Like, they replaced the crops with honey. This is no longer, like, a mysterious island <laughs> that shouldn't be able to grow all this badass magical fruit and vegetables. And they okay, turned that but, in, out into a bee colony. But mm-hmm. if you have a certain number of bees, they create a certain amount of honey. There's, like, maybe I don't understand or I'm ignorant about how bees work, but... Uh, don't yeah. they just, if you have a certain number of bees and it stays the same number of bees, then you get the same amount of honey? That's what I mean. That is the instant fault of this movie is that there is no failing of your bee crops. Either well, all your bees, bees fucking die and that's it, or you have honey. There's no like, oh, it was weak <laughs> this year. The cold really like dropped. There's no. Well, there's... They said their crop was cursed. Yeah, cursed. <laughs> And the bees why... just aren't producing honey. And bees are just shooting blanks. They wanted to give the character of Detective Woodward a kryptonite, and so they changed it to this bee situation and then him being allergic to bees. In a better movie, they could utilize this. Here, it just comes across as silly, especially because if you've ever known anyone that's allergic to anything, they avoid that thing they're allergic to, like the plague. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is anyone here allergic to anything? <clears throat> Not that I know of. No. Andrew? Oh, I have diabetes, so... That's not an allergy. <laughs> not allergic to things, though. It is a condition that you are f- constantly aware of. Yeah. I am I am allergic to peanuts. There you go. And yes. You do consciously avoid it your entire <laughs> life. And then people say, oh, oh, that sucks. I bet you'd really like to have a Reese's Pieces. And you say to them, no, I've consciously avoided it my entire life, and I don't care what a Reese's Pieces tastes like, and I have no interest in ever trying one because I know what will happen if I do. So no, you're wrong. Right. don't want to taste your goddamn peanut candy. Yeah. You don't don't just walk around with people trying to put peanuts in your mouth and you swatting their hands away, which is the equivalent of what (sighs) Nicolas Cage does in this movie with how deathly allergic he is to bees. He has no problem just hanging around bees. Oh, he runs right in... To the bees. Oh, nest. Are, are we doing yeah. the tumble? All he of them. runs right into it. 
Yeah, right and into it. Bumps his way. bike into it. Could have turned around at any point and just gone away, but he had to go through. Mm-hmm. It's like he kind of tumbles into some of the hives to disrupt the bees. Well, I'm not sure everyone here is familiar with how spazzy and how ridiculous Nicolas Cage can be. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that everyone here, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there was a moment in my life where I was, because my, my, my parents live on an acreage, and I was mowing the lawn for them, and you use a riding lawnmower for the majority of their very large lawn that they have, and then you try to get the little parts with a push mower, and I stepped on a beehive while I was mowing the little parts. And I had the most, probably if, if I was watching myself, one of the most entertaining uh, spazzy beats <laughs> runs. Oh yeah. For a great distance. Like, Oh my God. Like, like where you just flail all of your limbs <laughs> direction and run at the top of your ability. Like, like, highest speed you can run and just uh, 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 like just like flailing everything and just beelining it for that for the house right like Nicolas Cage is capable of such spazzy ridiculous nonsense that this is just wow like this was your moment this was your stage to just (laughs) freak and crazy spaz scene I don't he really missed an opportunity he saw Tommy boy and knew he couldn't follow it up <laughs> it was good. Him falling down the hill, him being chased by bees, him not being able to get to his EpiPen in time. And to. No, I'm not going to say to this movie's credit because it's not. But those overhead shots of the bee fields where, you can, where you can see like the octagons. Mm-hmm. I like that. that was cool. In a good yeah. movie, if you had that mixed with like a great score and like an actually tense build-up scene. Like if Lars von Trier did it, like it was oh, like it would, slow it motion. It so with beautiful. Some, yeah, it would be like black and white slow motion with just grand symphony music. Yes. Then it could have been something great. Right before someone's genitals were severely cut off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if not mutilated one way or another. People in bee costumes start doing a musical dance number in the background. <laughs> um, but say that right there the it did look good the, it did look like they put effort into the whole beehive thing so the the choice that we're very critical of the beehive or the, or the bees thing being in this movie at all they seem to have spent a, a some money on what we think is a poor decision yeah now how do you guys feel about because he gets dragged from this situation uh and brought back to life through the old ways through the old ways right one of the sisters manages to bring him back to life without using his EpiPen, but she refers to it as the old ways and we never get any explanation as to what the old ways are did they suck the venom out did they perform voodoo over top of his body what was it she was the doctor mm-hmm. and she had that obvious book rituals of the ancient so i'm just assuming and had to lean towards that just another thing they never really explained but if you had never seen the original, would you would you drink this in as the cult aspect? You probably would. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But that that scene too, that look he gives her when she says she did it using the old ways and he just <laughs> stares at her. That's <laughs> yeah. probably like go on. Yeah, or just can like, tell me what that is. That and just kind of terrified <laughs> yeah. to even find out what the answer to that is. Yeah. Just like what what old ways? 
What? Yeah, when she said the old ways, I wanted them to cut to his arm and show little teeth marks around each of his bee stings where they had sucked out the poison. Small thing, small thing that bothers me. I feel like at this point we should be telling the character that Nicolas Cage is playing to loosen his tie and rid himself of it and open up his collar a little bit. And, <laughs> you know, he should be losing some form here. He should be settling in to the, you know, I've just almost died and been resurrected by the ancient ways. Uh, the tie is still very, you know, collared and eh, it's just, I, I think he should be more unkempt. I think there should be, he, he should, he should look like he's disheveled. Looking like he came just Dishe- out of the trailer yeah. and they just finished doing his. Yeah. Disheveled. Exactly. Yeah. He should be disheveled. Do you guys think it would have made the movie more interesting if because he was brought back by these said old ways that from that point till the end of the movie, it was kind of like he was falling into a struggle between needing to find out what happened, but also succumbing to the old ways and kind of becoming a willing part of the sacrifice. Do you like, think that like may have just punching women in the face <laughs> well, <laughs> to an extent, but I mean, yeah, if he was like, there was something tugging at him, he could have done that crazy duality Nick cage from like face off. That would have been awesome to where it's like pulling him between. No, I still need to be a cop and find my daughter. And no, like this magic brought me back to life. There's something about it. That's inside me. And I'm like warming up to it. Like Stockholm uh-huh, syndrome. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he could have gone crazy. Nick cage, you know, being torn between those two, I guess, halves of what his personality now is. Yeah, for sure. I think if they handed you $40 million and told you to remake the wicker man, it would have been interesting. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, because you are enlightening me. I'm not I'm not moving to zero and I refuse to go to zero. But I do think after having this conversation and going through the walkthrough that I am starting to understand that this is more about a failure to do what they could have done. Yeah. Like like for for a fan of the Wicker Man, and I watched all of this much after the fact. But I, I'm trying to picture myself as someone who was a huge fan of the Wicker Man and then and then hearing like transport yourself back to 2005 and say, oh, they're doing a Wicker Man remake? No way. You know, and let's say you're also a fan of Nicolas Cage or you're not offended by him and you're just like, oh, like you're getting excited with anticipation and then you go and then this is what they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you transport yourself back there, it's, it's probably like a fuck you, you know? Yeah. So much disappointment. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. I bet some people walked out of the theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't definitely see that. I don't doubt that at all. And like I'm saying, I think they just needed to play to Nick Cage's strengths of being that crazy guy everybody wants to see him be. And this movie, for the inspector in the original, for how just out of his own mind and just complete disarray over what these people are doing and how they're living, could have been perfect for another crazy Nick Cage whether the rest of the movie was shit, he, it could have been a shining moment for him. Oh, what is all this? <laughs> he was so over the top in the first one, and Nicolas Cage is capable of being over the top. Yeah. He's, he's not a what poor happened? choice. Yes, he's not yeah. a poor choice in this movie for this role. Yeah, they yeah. didn't give him a what is all this like opportunity like yeah. he should have had. 
But we do get a glimpse into where this movie could have gone, because from here he gets up, he gets dressed, he gets out of bed, and he goes and has like a Game of Thrones conversation with Sister Summer's Isle. The best shot in the entire movie. The shot from inside the barn, out on both of them, and then it has the two girls off to the side in the back right of the shot. That shot was beautiful. That was looking at it i mean the conversation you can see them both kind of overacting to get the point across but then again it was probably the best acted scene in the entire movie too yeah but there's also a conflict of tone because ellen burston is trying to participate in what she hopes will be a great wicker man remake and at this point i think nicholas cage has decided it's just going to be a campy piece of shit yeah and so you get this thing you don't seem very concerned no I suppose because I have confidence that your suspicions are wrong. We don't murder here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, even if a victim complies, it's still murder. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to point something out here, and this is a running joke between uh, myself and Daniel across all of our podcasts. Uh, Caruso, you just made mention of that scene. Uh, where they're talking at the barn and there's the two girls in the background. Uh, this scene utilizes slow zoom. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. There is. Yeah. There's some slow well, zoom. Very. Slow yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Nice work, Laboot. Nice work, Neil. <laughs> Creeping, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And you, um, you my, get... One of my new favorite directors, Denny Villeneuve, uses slow zoom all the time. And it's I'm really, I'm I'm big on the slow zoom right now. So you you like that shot? I love that shot. I love slow zoom. I okay. I am almost masturbatory over slow zoom. Yeah, wow. and, it, and it's 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 worth it because slow zoom will uh, accentuate intensity. Mm-hmm. If, it, it's, if, if it's done correctly, it can draw you in and capture your attention. True. And if if we're on that note, I feel the same way about really good shots with mirrors. Oh, yeah. Your slow zoom is my mirror shots. If there's a real good one, I'm all about it. I will pay attention to mirror shots from, from this point on in my life. Okay, well, let's let's flash over to the image of how we wish this movie would have been. Because I think there's something to be said about how great horror movies play on really primal fears. And in the better version of this movie, how they've taken the whole, like, female-based matriarchy cult with the bees and everything. I think the conversation that Ellen Burstyn was hoping she was going to have with Nicolas Cage would play on that fear that guys feel that they might just be, like, completely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Like, after you take away the sperm production aspect of a male, there's nothing that would stop an all-female society from existing without needing anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they could have played on that big time, and I feel like that scene was trying to do that. And instead, it was just like, "Uh huh, yeah, well, okay, I'm gonna cage it out right now. Okay, how is it burning? Where is it burning?" Yeah, <laughs> that and they never explained what they did with the uh, the boys that were born. She just said they did stuff with them, and never touched on that either. I don't, I'm assuming the fetuses in the jars were uh, baby boys. That Dude, there you go. I'm assuming. That's a great connection. Yes, the baby boys yeah. go to the jar collection, and so the and they just sit there and study them because, like, fuck it, they need all the women they can get. So the boys are just, if they're not, I'm assuming, like, thrown in a wicker dumpster, they're like, you know, fucking experimented on. 
Would you say these women are like uh, hoarders of little boys? Little boy uh, fetuses in jars. Hoard boy fetuses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie just took a weird turn. Got <laughs> <laughs> darker, didn't it? A little bit, man. A little bit. It did, but here's finally the peak. We can finally say that we've crested over into the climax of this movie because Cage realizes that the whole island is fucked. The whole island knows that he's fucked. Now it's a race to like try and save this girl. And yeah, this this movie, uh, in comparison to the original, is trying to do... It's giving the people on the island a lot more credit than they deserve. In the original, they just had to like corral him on the island until they could get the parade going for the, their sacrificial ritual. And then they could break the whole secret to him then and there. In this one, it's like they've carefully orchestrated this step-by-step plot where they throw out red herring after red herring after red herring. Yeah. And it gives everyone, like, a script to do. A and part it, to play. Yeah, and it makes it... It's uh, it's silly. Well, stop me if I'm wrong, but in the original, it felt like the entire island was just in on this big joke. And, like, this guy's entire existence on this island is just a fucking joke and everybody's in on it and that's what makes them seem more of like not necessarily a hive mind but a community like the entire island community plays a character itself yeah in the original it was it was realistic because it was like a an island meeting everyone gather around okay just don't tell him it's a joke and and everything's okay yeah that's all you have to do in this one it's like okay uh, Sister Beach, you're going to come in stage left. You're going to say, you're going to act like you don't like him. We're going to all pretend like we don't know that he knows who Willow is. And then this is going to happen. Then we're going to lure him over to this house. It's way too complicated yeah. the second time around. Yeah, for sure. I would I would definitely say that there's a playful amusement with the original, with, with that aspect. That they are kind of slightly amused or playful with the whole the whole thing that his his as as the inspector gets more 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 engaged <laughs> yeah more fla- yeah, flabbergasted with his investigation that there is a certain amount of just, just a slight tinge of amusement and with- that's that's why you feel bad for him because everybody <laughs> feels bad for somebody just getting laughed at especially by multiple people and that's it's funny but that's that's the connection. You don't feel bad for Cage when people like know you're wrong because you hate him too. Yeah, here mm-hmm. they're annoyed and he's a piece of shit, so no one wins. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> in the original, you're with that guy. You're you're staring at what's going on, what the fuck is going on, and then when that shift starts to happen, and you start to realize this is more more than what you thought it was. Um, yeah, then then you you're no longer with him, and you're just kind of watching him. <laughs> get eaten up by this <laughs> fucked up world and like this weird ass island yeah but here is where he starts hitting women <laughs> this is when it goes down this is where this movie gets this notoriety uh beginning with what is a great scene if you're looking at it from a negative scale angle, which is him. He just walks. He's tired of all the shit that's gone down on the island. He's fed up. He comes back to the the tavern where all this bullshit began, technically. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't say anything. He just stares down Sister Beach 
walks <laughs> walks down the steps and then just punches her in the face. Right, pretty the sweet. Right hook. Pretty sweet. We had to do a retake on that one. <laughs> it happened, and, and we we're like, oh, "Yeah, man. let's. Uh, we're just gonna watch that again." Well, I didn't. I didn't get it the first time, and Andrew was like, "Oh shit, he clocked her." I was like, "What?" I rewound it. Man, he lays into that right hook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he hits her hard, and she hits the ground hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Hold yeah, on. Class <laughs> citizen now. Huh? One more time. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> there was that Damn. that brief pause of her body just potato sacking in midair and then <laughs> you're right there's a gap you're right yeah <gasps> <laughs> said, oh, and then you fall down oh that that scene is actually better just listening to it oh yeah <laughs> yeah if you know the context of it it's pretty great yeah that's fantastic and, and this scene plays into it's not it's not a direct uh, redo of the original movie, but it is coming to the same point because in the original he like comes and he hits the tavern owner over the back with the club and he steals his jester costume so he can go into the parade incognito. Yeah, and in this one he clocks the lady in the face and takes her bear costume. Yeah, bear? yeah. naturally. Does it show him take the bear costume? It yeah. does, yes. yeah. He yeah. steps into it, yeah. Yeah, he just takes the bear necessities. Okay. <laughs> God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> Jesus. Put him in the corner. Get in the, get in the fucking corner. I think you are barely qualified to make that joke. Wow. Hey, Daniel, handle this. Wow. <laughs> that was double. I'm muting your mic. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Okay, I didn't see him grab the bear costume. I thought he just showed up in a bear costume. <laughs> and here's here's an example of a big mistake that this movie makes as a remake, which is that in the original, the actual culty walking down the streets, gathering everyone from the city together to go to this sacrifice, it is the entire third act. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You get into it. You get hit. You get him like sneaking in and catching them like saying chants to each other and prepping for the festival so there's this slow build up this music playing in the background that's tribal and they're excited about the festival yeah they look forward to it you can feel this unison throughout the whole thing I- you know there's a scene that happens here and it's another one an exact scene where he opens the door and the girl falls out like she's dead yeah <laughs> rushed again and the first one you're like oh shit is she actually dead like you, you have the moment of where nothing happens, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then it's a joke. And in this one, she falls out and lands on the floor, and then starts laughing. Yeah. Andrew, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, despicable little you're liar. A despicable liar. You're the biggest liar of all. Oh, little there. liars. And you're the biggest liar of them all. I am Ugh. telling you right now. Terrible. I will arrest you. <laughs> Don't test me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will. I will act. I will act. I will take action, and then I'll go hallucinate on the dock. I'll fuck around in the water and trap myself in a cage. I'll try to. I'll, I'll dream about uh, dolls and people bu- burning in cars. You're gonna have and it'll have PFV. nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, and this and movie then get in a bear costume, and I'll punch a woman in the face. And this oh. movie is long longer than the original. And it takes longer to get to this point. Marissa? 
Well, there's that part after he decks uh, Sister Beach and takes her costume. That girl comes out from whatever, wherever she was, and starts like fighting him, and he kicks her in the chest. (laughs) (laughs) You don't kick. (laughs) That's right. He fucking Chuck Norris's Lily Sobieski. He sidekicks her into the wall. And it's not the first, or it's not the last time either, because he he gives someone else a kick later on too. Oh yeah, he sidekicks when he gets bum rushed. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's brutal. We wait this long to get here. They rush through it all. We get him running around town, doing that whole thing where he's frantically trying to find the girl at the last moment, and the parts before that were creepy and nice little like lit candles on our cake of creepiness. Here it's just uh, some like naked girl covered in bees. And uh, some dude with tumors that is like a fuck slave. Did you get to that part? Mm-hmm. Sorry, we were just watching him deck beach <laughs> <laughs> on the thing. Man, the makeup choice for Burston. Eh, I'm, not, I'm not down with the blue and white half face thing. I don't No, it doesn't. Yeah. The, the Braveheart thing. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, Braveheart face, not, uh, no. No. Braveheart and bees don't go together. And you're right. <laughs> yeah, she he grabs the bear costume and then Lily Sobieski tackles him from behind and then he flips her over the table. Yeah, she's a contender for worst actor in this movie, actually. She oh, is yeah. piss poor as well. But if you want to connect the two, we get the moment with Beach. <laughs> and then when he when he actually puts the bear costume on, he runs out into the parade. He wonders. The bear costume was a good decision. It looks great. Him running around as the bear it looks looks pretty good. I was down with that. That's right. He sneaks into line and everything. And then when they discover that there is the actual Rowan about to be, you know, fake sacrificed, he takes off in the bear costume up the hill, and then we get another one. Don't be frightened. <laughs> So there you have it. Your two punch a woman in the face moments. Don't be frightened. <sighs> and the the whole explanatory thing where they confront him and they tell him, well, this is, you know, the Scooby-Doo moment where they lift up the mask and say, this is what really happened. We lured you here. That felt... I felt so much more natural. Like it had a natural progression in the original, you know, like just go up there. She's there. Go save her. You know, like, like it was a big joke and, and they were all in on it and they're all smirking about it. And this one, it's, it's more of a straight up Scooby-Doo, just complete 180. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite part is that he like during that chase, like he grabs the girl and they're running away and it's intense. They're being hunted down and he has time to stop and take off his bear costume. Everything but the bear booties. Yeah, yeah, he kept the bear booties on. <laughs> I, I made that comment. I was like, oh, he still got the furry feet. Yeah. <laughs> and makes a phone call. <laughs> yeah, this oh, is yeah. where the phone works yeah, for a second. Yeah, cell yeah. reception comes in like he was like he was going back to the hotel and charging the phone to make sure just in case the whole time. <laughs> but it never explains who in, called him, right? Yeah, no. Well, no, he, he says, says, he says Pete. Yeah. He says Pete. I think it was mustache partner. Mustache Pete. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's not like at the last minute of the movie, there's like a whole squad of police coming in on boats. It doesn't even matter. It was false hope. That's all it was. It was was, because of that call, I was kind of expecting that at the end. Right? Instead. Totally unnecessary, actually. Yeah, the the more you point that out, why? 
Yeah. This whole movie is unnecessary. Yeah. Calling, calling for help? Just, just to the call for zero-ness help. of it. <laughs> why, sh- why even have a bloody bag? Why have the phone call come in? Why them even talk about baby boys? There's just so much. Why saving him with the old way? Yeah, like yeah. what does it matter? Yeah, so just like the original, he runs through. He's trying to escape with Rowan. Instead, he discovers that he's been lured into this elaborate, elaborate trap where he himself is the actual sacrifice. Uh, he, you know, has a little spat, little conversational spat with Sister Summer's Isle, and then he gets bum-rushed and taken away. Now, here's where the movie diverges between theatrical version and alternative ending version. Oh, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. what happens next from here for you guys, Nathan Andrew? Uh, gun doesn't have any bullets in it. Scooby-Doo explanation. Um, uh, they they all kind of attack him. They kind of do this sort of montage thing where they're walking and they just have his voice in the background mm-hmm. talking about his like, ah, oh, my legs are getting broken. Mm-hmm. Ah. And then they tie him up, like hog tie him up into the Wicker Man and burn the shit out of him. <laughs> okay, so you guys watch the theatrical PG-13 version. Okay. We watched the alternative ending version where we don't have to have a montage of him screaming. We get to see all that shit play out. Yeah. Oh, really? You got to see him see them break his legs? Yes. yes. Yep, and much better. That would have been way better. Break his legs and then the bee helmet. In ours, yep. they bring out these logs and they tie his legs up misery style. And he's freaking out and he's screaming. You bitches! <laughs> <laughs> And then there's a guy standing over him with like a sledgehammer type of thing. satisfying i think but even then i felt like i felt like this is one area where this remake did do something better than the original that hog tying him into the wicker man structure is a better way of sacrificing him than just because i think the original just you know forced him to walk up there right yeah they sort of like just shove him in there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think that that this is actually possibly the only thing that it did better. Yeah, I would say the filming style of the original was better done. It looks creepier, looks uh, more artistic. But in the yeah, that they do tie him up by his ankles, they crank him up to the top of the tower, they lock him in there, and the actual burning of the Wicker Man, the way the Wicker Man looks, is pretty solid actually. To be fair, yeah, it went up pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> did- who who is the one that swung the sledgehammer at his legs? Some random some dude. Guy. Some random mute dude. Which is great though, is that that scene plays out, and he and Cage does a very realistic thing, which is like when your legs are broken and you're in shock, you don't want someone to move your body. But they come over to him and try to move him anyways. Oh, 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 oh. No, no, don't move it! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I, then. I feel like it should have been Beach. 
it should have been right she's there she's holding one of his legs down she should have been there with her black eye standing over him with the mallet (laughs) should have been like given it like she she was holding his ankles down in in place right right before they slam his knee she like spits a tooth out at him (laughs) yeah like sister somersilly should have given him the or given beach the um sledgehammer she should have summer silly Summer silly, yeah, but that they're not even done it. That's the halfway point. Breaking his legs just to make sure he can't run away. After that, they bring out the bee helmet. Whoa, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> my eyes! My eyes! <laughs> Oh man! But just imagine. All right, Nick, we're gonna put this cage on your head. Pretend we're putting bees in it. Just pretend. Action! My eyes. My eyes. <laughs> that's all he's got. That's that's what that's yeah. it right there. And after that, he's pulverized. That's the only two extra scenes that we get really. That's then, why he shows up with wounds and on his face. Yeah. After, yeah. The, after the audio montage. Oh, and he's in that, that little sack, and they show him the Wicker Man for the first time. That's great. Oh God. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Someone who is that deathly allergic to bees still conscious during yeah, this right. epi bee? How old if they did the bee thing to his head? It's the right. epi pen. They they gave him an epi pen like right in his neck immediately after. Yeah, that that, yeah. that older lady, the doctor, crouches over his torso and is like, "You're not dying yet, bitch!" and stabs him in the neck. <laughs> no Copy old ways this way. time. It sounds like they did the whole ending thing well in the R rated. Hmm. I'm sure it sounds that way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think that his hog tying into the Wicker Man structure is better in the remake than the original? I I like that idea. Um, I think it drives it home that it is kind of worse that they are yanking him up by his legs, which we just saw get broken backwards. And that also... It makes it more reasonable that when he gets up into the head, he's not going to be like climbing around and trying to get out because he can't even fucking walk. Like if they had done that in the original, would it have made the original better? I think it would have packed more of a punch for sure. They should, yeah, yeah. I, I would have, yeah. I no, I completely it. agree. That would have. It's a lot more impactful, but it's still a worse movie. I'm satisfied. So minus one. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> We'll get, let's wrap back. this thing up and then we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's talk about a, another really weird difference is that it's, your guys' movie continued after the credits, didn't it? Yours did not? Ours did not. Ours did. Got a little okay. 06 James Frank. That That's cool because this one are continued. The, the PG-13 continued with the yeah James Franco and Jason Ritter scene with Lily Sobieski and I believe Willow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it made it sound like this is not about crops. This is just something that they, they do. They go in and they bait men and they impregnate themselves and then they send letters and get them to come out and then burn them to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. They take pictures, they have a ceremony, and it has nothing to do with anything except being crazy. Yeah. So they got to do the Burning Man once a year. For, uh, for the theatrical version, the shot where the head of the Burning Man falls down onto the camera and it just sits there and kind of burns, like you can see it on the camera, um, that shot just fades out into credits on our version. 
No, it fades out into six months later and a bus going down the street. Yep. Number two bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And then the the bar and James Franco, totally unnecessary. Just, yeah. No, I think the PG-13 really just drives home how awful their decision-making was for pretty much everything in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there's a tip. If you're out there and you're thinking about it, Maybe you're thinking about it because you're listening to this. Watch the alternative ending version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or think, just don't watch it at all. Or, oh. if, or at all. Or Definitely. that. If For you sure. said to somebody who was not involved in this podcast, Nick Cage, bear costume, runs up, punches a woman in the face. You'd be watching it. I think they would say that it deserves a little bit more than a zero. Actually, runs up punches a woman, steals her bear costume, puts it on, punches another woman. Oh, no. Roundhouse Gets attacked by another woman, throws her... Yeah. And then kicks what's-her-face in the chest into the wall of pictures. (laughs) I think there's enough here to to lift it from zero. I really do. I'd say negative 0.5. Oh, we got her to move! (laughs) So Just because of that scene. You got to choose, though. No, no, no. No. Movement Scale. Movement is movement. <laughs> <laughs> got to round... Leaning more towards zero, though. Okay. Honestly. <laughs> I will give it a negative one. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> All right! <laughs> yeah, I think... Don't get me wrong... That movie still pisses me off, and I have no intention of recommending it. I have no intention of watching it again. But I think after talk, I feel like I would have liked it more if we watched it, like all five of us watched it together. I think it would have been more of an initial fun experience. And I think it's just classic Nick Cage. I think he did just enough to pull it across the line. <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, after stringing together his punches for the bear suit and in the bear suit, I think that's the moment I almost convinced myself, yeah, you guys are right. It's a negative one. That's the beauty of this podcast is that you can have fun talking about it and point out some of the, the, the moments in the movie that that do make it a little bit enjoyable. You know what? You guys are great. You guys are great. <laughs> hey, we learned the hard way. Phallic symbol, phallic symbol. <laughs> the hardest way. Lots of Freddie and Jason got shoved down my throat until I finally relented. It's like I was tied to a chair and I was like, mm, mm. like <laughs> clockwork orange. <laughs> Just keep your eyes open. <laughs> I'm going to come out and say I was never honestly at a minus two. <laughs> No way. Despicable liar. I am a despicable little liar. (laughs) You little liar. And you're the biggest one of all. Uh, This is a zero. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) We can talk about all these moments, and there are moments of this. The hilarity is is great, and talking about it is fun. This is a zero. This is a piece of shit that we will never watch again. I feel so dirty. I feel so cheated on right now. 
I'm not with him. He's a liar. He's a despicable liar. <laughs> oh, you know, my God. Right now, Caruso are on the same level. And I think Daniel's with us, too. I think Marissa is maybe maybe um, more willing to go to minus one now just to just to just to say to Andrew that that is despicable. <laughs> she's, she's trapped between worlds. No, no. I, I, I chose my rating before him, so I'm sticking with it. I Yeah, I can't say anything because I was at a zero. So I, I can completely agree. I just, because of, well, essentially what this podcast's all about, it changed my mind a little bit. A little bit enough. But yeah, I think... I feel like there, if we're ever on another episode, there are probably going to be movies that are a solid zero, and I would want to change this one to a negative one anyway. Well, see, and because the last uh, episode for Reanimator, uh, when we were talking about changing Night of the Demons 2 to a negative one, because y'all thought that this was a negative two, or Reanimator was a negative two. I don't think Wicker Man remake is anywhere close to being as fun as Night of the Demons 2. No. It's a strong zero. She makes a good argument. It's a good True. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great point. Yeah. yeah it's, you, I guess that that is one of the trials and tribulations of this whole um, rating system. Working out the scale. How do you define what a zero is? It's difficult. Well, because um, a zero this is, is, a is, good one. is a bold statement. And and you can see that confliction in Marissa leaning to a minus point five, and then your devious. Um, I was trying to have fun with you guys. Awful, <laughs> diabolical. Uh, I thought it was hilarious, by yeah. the way. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> this is uh, I don't know. You know, this is a huge mark against your integrity tonight. Yes, integrity is always in question and can be easily bought, just like <laughs> this episode. You want? Hey, I got. I got some Grant. You want his twin brother Ulysses? I would. <laughs> no, wait. This is Canada, so I guess you need a, a John. A Gordon. A John like and a, his cousin. Like a Mc- pond with a goose on it or uh... <laughs> I need a Borden. Here, let me let me put my hand in the in the old Monopoly game and pull out some colored money. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me let me put the cap on this. I think I think when it comes down to the negative scale, it's all about entertainment value. Yeah. And there's going to be a struggle between those that find absolute zero value in this remake, which is hard to argue against, and those that find a little bit of hilarious bad movie value in this, in the moments that we've highlighted through clips tonight. You're going to fall into one camp or the other. That shouldn't affect how much fun you could potentially have with Night of the Demons 2. Being indifferent to the original before I watched it, and not knowing that it even existed until very recently, uh, I I actually took enjoyment out of the comparative process, Com- comparing the two movies to each other. I I took enjoyment out of that, plus the highlights that were mentioned here tonight. So that's that's why I'm a firm minus one. <laughs> I can I, I can think of movies that I've watched recently that are extremely horrible, being Leprechaun Origins mm, and zero. Outcast zero. And the Wicker Man remake. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Okay, all right. I think it's I think it's a great grading system. It just needs a little bit more time. Yes, time to mature. I think you're right. Get some more tax on the map, and I think we'll be able to spot it easily. It's like it's like anything else. It's like uh, you know, interns. They need to grow. (laughs) Like wine. 
they need to figure out what things mean. Need to be allowed to come out of the corner more often. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Watch what you say then. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> All right. Oh. I think it's time. I think it's time. Right. About to spin this bitch. Done with the Wicker Man franchise for now. Shut it down until the tree. Although there is potentially one left. True. Now we've seen Wicker Man, Wicker Man remake. There is the Wicker Tree, which is the original director reimagining his own work. Oh. Maybe we'll get to that one day. Oh, Christopher Lee's in it. This he is this is an original spin. This is this is New Blood spin. Come on. Let's do this it. This is New Blood. It could be anything. Anything. I'm excited. Let's I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's crank the wheel. Landed on 100 years of horror. The year is 2009. You will be watching The House of the Devil. The House of the Devil. No idea. Nathan, you want to take a guess at the director of this movie? Wait, can I take a guess after him? I'm guessing, I'm guessing uh, Ty West. This should be interesting. What else has he done? Uh, he's done uh, The Sacrament. Bad movies. He's done The Innkeepers. Uh, he is a part of your next. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have no idea. No, yeah. this Ty West, the reason I think maybe the other side of the world right now is silent is because Ty West is a topic that comes up often on some other podcasts that we do. He was referenced before in did this movie just sacrament itself? This the reason As bad. I have a weird relationship with Ty West in that he's a director that shows a lot of promise. A lot. Okay. But can't seem to make a movie you don't want to fall asleep to. <laughs> okay. So they're born. winner of the Birmingham Sidewalk Moving Picture Festival best feature film, The House of the Devil. The good news is that this is his best one. Okay. Mm. At least there's that. I okay. guess. Okay. Yes. Okay. He understands the atmosphere of a horror movie. He understands how graininess and older decades work better for horror. Okay. He understands the tropes. He understands a lot, which makes it so disappointing that there's never any payoff to the great atmosphere that he builds. But, is Eli Roth involved in this one? Oh, God. Uh, not directly. No. This is still his own thing, and this is the most watchworthy of his things I consider. Is this what made him get noticed by Eli Roth? Because Eli Roth produces everything Ty West does except this, it looks like. Mm, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I have no idea anything about the director or the movie, so that's interesting. There's a young girl. She's having trouble making her rent. She sees that there's like a thing on the bulletin board at her at her college where someone just needs a house sitter. Oh God. She goes out to house sit 
and suddenly the situation she bought into is not the situation that's presented. Okay. Okay. And, and that's I, the setup. That's the setup, but it's a great setup. This this will be interesting. I want to okay. I want to see where everyone falls on this cuz it could go anywhere. We can see wild differences in scoring on this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh it seems interesting. I I'm not I'm not against watching this. I'm interested. Cool. Yeah, this will be a good spin. I don't have any feelings at this point in time. Uh yeah, the you know clean what? Clean zero. We'll be interrogating you, though, for House of the Devil. You'll you'll say whatever your rating is, and then we'll we'll take a little time. Why you feel this is the rating? Get into it deep. Ask you ask you to commit in writing that this is your rating before. <laughs> before the you did the same thing with the Exorcist. Shut your face. I'm learning from an expert I, here. I an did that. Podcaster. I did that because it was necessary. I thought it was the- <laughs> there was people jerking off all over the place. Right? Sound like and Kennedy. I did that because it was necessary. <laughs> we needed to have a conversation. <laughs> no, if, here today. no. If everybody just said minus three, minus or sorry, yeah, plus yeah, three. It was all zeros and minus one. If, if everybody said plus three, plus three, plus three for Exorcist, then nobody would talk about anything. Mm. We'd just be like, oh, a big jerk off fest. Okay, I'm an asshole. Whatever. I did it for the sake of the podcast. You did it to be an asshole. It's a yeah. difference. It's a big difference. <laughs> That's one of my favorites now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, women getting punched in the face. Hilarious. America. <laughs> there you have it, folks. The Wicker Man remake. It's a zero or it's a negative one. It's up to you. In the meantime, 100lunatics.com. Check out the show. Check out our other shows. Write into us. Talk to us. Rate us. Review us. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Or visit us at 100lunatics, at I Hate Horror for Nathan, at The Intern TPP for Andrew, at MJ44 for Marissa, and at Christian Baby. For Caruso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> just listen. Just listen to the way that that clip starts. They like they lead into the knee break. Like they want you to have it. <laughs> Some sort of farming commune or whatever. It's private. He's off limits, and we respect that. We're all private people around here. Yeah, but you're so warm and open, it really makes up for it. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm just kidding. Okay, look, how about you take all of us there? What do you mean, all? Well, me, Mr. Grant here, and his twin brother, Ulysses. What's in the bag? A shark or something? <laughs> I just like a room and a meal. Can you swing it? Swing what? Is that some kind of city talk? I'm a policeman. See my badge? I think you ought to know. I think you all should know that I'm here on business. These clips are great. These clips are great. These are the minus one is not. clips. These are my, these clips are minus one clips. Oh, How yeah. dare you stand there and frighten my children? Phallic symbol, phallic symbol. <laughs> Penis. What a fucking bitch. Tell her to contact the father. You bitches! Now why in the hell would you let them do a sick thing like that? You little liars. And you're the biggest liar of them all. I am warning you. You tell me another and I'll arrest you myself. God, that is a promise. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? Step away no. from the bike. Kill me! You don't seem very concerned. No. I suppose because I have confidence. Thank you. I appreciate your feedback.